everybody. This is John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and those riddles of human nature. On this episode, we review a classic episode of The Golden Girls. Let's bring mom in now. Hi, mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. Um... But I, I get the sense from our pre-show conversation, which was very <laughs> limited, that you don't much care how I'm doing. So uh, what's going I on in your neck of the woods? Care. Oh, I can't tell. All right. I'm going to tell you uh, about my day yesterday, okay. and then you can decide whether I should start looking for uh, a home for Daddy and I, or if you're willing to move to New Hampshire oh, boy. and take care of us. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm hoping that you'll choose to move to New Hampshire because I think I just need a bit of guidance. Okay, good. Yesterday started out. uh, It was beautiful here yesterday. You know, for New Hampshire, it was beautiful. Uh, Signs of spring are around. The frost heap signs are all up. Um, And, of course, we're expecting a blasting storm tomorrow. So those are all spring-like things for New Hampshire. Yep. Um, And I had to go to the library and return books. So Dad and I took our nice walk in the morning, and I come in and I say, all right, I have to go to the library and the supermarket, and then I'll be right home. Well, I didn't get home for three and a half hours. I went to the library And the head of the library is retiring today. So when I saw her yesterday, you know, we both got a little teary, um, saying goodbyes. And it was quite nice, actually. Mm. It was a very lovely moment. And on my way out, I ran into the old postmaster of the Wilmot Post Office. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to how to relay this story, but my association with her is mostly through the neighborhood and largely because my sister wanted at one point to get a little, I think it was leather, travel. It's called a Gohansen, and it's something that the they, what do they put? Something in there. Buddhists put something in there for when they're traveling. Okay. A scroll or some sort of thing okay. that you can't get unless you're a Buddhist. So, Okay, so sister- let me, uh, I just want to recap what I'm hearing so far to make sure our listeners have a good picture, too. So this, uh, let's call the former postmaster um, Gert, okay? Um, All right. So uh, your sister asked Gert to, what, make or procure one of these for her? Because Gert herself, is uh, sh- is she a practicing Buddhist? Yes. Yes, she is. Yes. Well, you can't get one unless you're a Buddhist. So now my sister wants to become a Buddhist. This is a number of years ago. For the accessory or? (laughs) Yes, just to get this this accessory. So. My God, I didn't know that part. 
Yes. Oh, this. Yes. And I know this is a little tributary, but it's it's really necessary. No, okay? it's yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So now we, when my sister comes to New Hampshire, we have to go several times to Gert's house to chant. Oh, right. And right. she's afraid to go alone. My sister is very timid. Um, and so I have to go. Now, I have no intention of becoming a Buddhist. But I go five or six times. And she even goes off to somebody else's house with Gert at one point. Oh. And when all is said and done... She goes home to Delaware, and there's a little ceremony that has to happen. So these people come to her house, and she's a Buddhist. She is now proclaimed a Buddhist. And she gets all the little tchotchkes that she wants and whatever. And eventually, everything gets thrown away. (laughs) Right. It's put in the attic, and now it's gone. So now I'm at the library. I'm leaving. I've had a very lovely, sentimental moment. And here's Gert. And I didn't recognize her because she doesn't color her hair anymore. And I apparently she doesn't comb it either. Um, and I said, how are, how are you doing? And I said, I'm sorry I didn't recognize you. You know, once somebody changes their look, I don't recognize them very well. And, you know, you got a mask on and a... uh, So anyway, she says, well, I'm still a practicing Buddhist. And (laughs) I just... What the hell am I supposed to say to that? Huh? Like, well... That was her opener? I'm still an atheist. Uh, you know, I don't know what to say to that. But that was, that's really what she said when it. I swear. Oh I my God. Swear. And now, um, uh, uh, um. Yeah, that's how I felt too. Yeah, yeah. Is it something, has she, is it something she said to you before or? I guess there's no, no there's I mean, no I explanation for it, and I so I'm no, totally no, sympathetic. No. So, so then she goes on to tell me a story about how somebody in Wilmot, you have to go away. You have to go away. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm talking to Toast. Um, toast the cat, everybody. Thank you, Toast. Yeah. Okay. So now then she goes on to tell me about this woman that lives up on the mountain that had lung cancer and she approached Gert and wanted to become involved in Buddhism and so they chanted and blah 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 and they couldn't operate unless this happened so they chanted for that and that happened and then they could operate and blah 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 and I am just seething I am seething, mostly because I can't think of anything to say to wriggle away from her. And, you know, I thought, what are you, what are you the Avon lady of Buddhism? Or, <laughs> it sounds like this? it. 
<laughs> Fat Lady of Buddhism. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm yeah. pissed. She's you going know, for having... that pink Cadillac of Nirvana. I, yeah. I know that's Mary Kay, but yeah, she is really hitting the pound on the pavement for Buddhism. It's so strange. It's not what you expect from a Buddhist either, you know? You No. Um... <laughs> Live your quiet life uh, of whatever, you know, hits you. And wh- why do I have to listen to this this holy story of the miraculousness of Buddhism? Because the hell with the doctors and the chemo and whatever that contributed, it's all Buddhism. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm probably offending people, and I really, really, really don't mean to. I don't. It's just that you practice your thing yeah. quietly, and I'll be over here. Well, it's not. I mean, it's rude. Like, it's not sociable. Um, it's rude, which is why why it's rude to leave someone with nothing to say. Like, that's part of being kind is, like, give someone an opening for social interaction. So, like, I think you're totally justified in being extremely annoyed. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Well, I'm well, still a practice because I, was... I feel like Ma. She must think you're the one that got away. Oh, I thought I'd get her chanting, and then she'd be. Once people get into the chanting, they can't resist the whole package. Oh. Right? So she no. just can't believe that you wriggled off the Buddhism hook. Um... I was never on the hook. It was always <laughs> my sister, and 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 now, uh oh oh oh, but I'm not done. Because now she says, well, this woman would like to have a little knitting group. Are you still knitting? And I said, oh, yeah, Uh, you know, (laughs) still knitting. And uh, can't deny that. Well, maybe we maybe we could have the group in your in your studio. Oh, man. What? This is nothing but unpleasant. (laughs) I I wanted I just want to tell you. This is the worst conversation I've had since the pandemic started. <laughs> you now you want to come to my house where I have to clean and serve uh, hors d'oeuvres? Are you <laughs> shitting me? Really? <laughs> I think that was in the preface to one of Martha Stewart's books. Actually, that very. <laughs> you want to come to my house where I got to clean? <laughs> Derbs, are you shitting me? That was the title of one of her books, actually. <laughs> well, it should have been. Putting on a fine party for <laughs> you shitting me. By the way, I'm totally with you. Yeah, this is crazy okay. and just all, all right. bad news. Oh, I would want to find the escape hatch in the library and crawl down to the bat cave uh, at this point. Yeah. Now, I have to add in at this point. It was a warm day, but I still had on my very heavy winter jacket. So now I am also sweating, which also brings on uh, a panic attack for me. So it's it's a it's a you know, now I really just have to go. I have to go. Uh, I can't even remember how it all ended, because the next thing I remember is in being in my car. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we could have it in your studio. Oh God, you know. Oh, uh, could we? Yeah, yeah. 
Why, why don't I have it catered at a at a hall? Uh, you know, wealthy. Rudism. <laughs> Is it rude? Yes, of course Is it's it? rude to invite you and your yourself and your friends over to someone's house. Yes. <laughs> It also sounds it's it's a very New Hampshire exchange. I feel like, and especially oh. a New Hampshire post um, two years of COVID shut in. Um, I just think that Gert, who wasn't the, um, despite her imagination, perhaps was not the you know social operator to begin with, right? Right, uh, I mean, right. could bend your ear, maybe, but not, you know, the smoothest operator to begin with. But, um, yeah, it does sound like um, a couple of years in the house have um, exacerbated that. I saw her. I'm, I know you have more to tell, but I just want to mention this. Yeah. I, I saw her when we were uh, there last summer at the, yeah. um, at the bandstand, but did not recognize her for some time. So I also... Um, sympathize you know and great so like we're not judging her for stop coloring her hair but she used to have this red like pow you could see it from a mile away um hair not crazy red but just like very um very auburn i guess i would say and it shapes your face you know it shapes (laughs) your face yeah yeah as opposed to this gray uh shock fluff yeah fluff is good yeah that's right but also she says to me, I said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. You know, you change your look. I don't recognize you. Ha, ha, ha. And she says to me, do you think I should color my hair? Oh. And I said, uh, well, uh, and then, I, you know, I just colored my hair yesterday morning. So I said, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> Takes you. I mean, she trapped you. Yeah. This was awful. This was the (laughs) awfulest conversation in the world. It really was. It was horrible from start to finish. There wasn't one sentence where I didn't feel like I was stepping in a big cow pie. Yeah. Well, because you're saying, like, sure, it's fun. I just did it yesterday, right? You're trying to find some common ground in this alien conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should. (laughs) It would do you some favors, lady. Anyway, got to (laughs) go. Yeah. Oh, car's running. Um, (laughs) So so I get out of the library. Now I just have to go to the supermarket. I'm going to pick up a couple things to make some dishes for you know the storm's coming uh tomorrow i want to just get some dishes to make so i pulled up into the supermarket and i realized that i've left the house without my pocketbook dope so i say oh crap (laughs) and i so i i'm driving out and i say oh wait i have cash I have cash. Oh, wait, that's in my pocketbook, too. (laughs) So I'm just irritated now. Yeah. I mean, like I wasn't already. But we live in the kind of a a town where you can go to the bank. There's a woman that's been a teller there for forever. And I go to the bank. 
And I say, I need uh, money. I left the house without my pocketbook. And this woman knows me. Yeah. Now, all these all these other kids in the bank are are, you know, 13 and 14 year olds. (laughs) But this woman has been there for forever. So she knows me. Mm -hmm. She writes me, uh, you know, gives me the stuff to write a. I don't know what kind of a check it is. Yeah, some but kind you basically write a check at the bank. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And she cashes it for me because, of course, I have no identification. You know, I have nothing. And she has just saved the day for me. But she said, and this really started me down a path. She said, you know, back in the old days when it was Crescenti's, you could have just gone to the counter with your groceries and said, I'll be back later with a check. And they would have said, okay. Yeah. So that started you down a path of what? Well, remember in like the good old days like that, you know, you used to be able to do something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Crescenti's, by the way, is this same supermarket that mom was talking about, but that was the, it was a family, you know, a local family, and that was the yeah. name of it. Um, oh, and dead. it's been, um, has it been acquired twice over now, or is it, it did it just go straight to Hannaford's? It I was something it went, in between, right? I don't think so. It went straight to Hannaford's, so. yeah. It, it went right to Hannaford's. Where, where, and this is just a little aside, but. My God, you can't get any brand names in there, hardly. Oh, Everything really? Is, yes, it's all their brand. Select choice. Inspirations or whatever it is. Anyway, I'm not done. Yeah, I know. So now I get home. <laughs> I get going. Some mushrooms and onions that I'm going to cook because I want to put that on some chicken. So I got the frying pan going. And my point here is I'm I'm on my legs a lot and my feet are starting to hurt in these Mm. shoes. So I've got the the sweet sausage sautéing. I've got the mushrooms and onions. I've got the chicken going. I'm boiling some water to make shrimp. I've got apple turnovers in the oven. Really, really cooking with gas here. Getting it all done. Yeah, yeah. Quite literally, yeah. So I now have to take a second break and run in, use the bathroom, get my hands washed, and I go to step up into the kitchen, and my shoe catches the ledge mm-hmm. of the step up into the kitchen. I lose my balance, and as I'm falling forward, I knock over the fire extinguisher. Oh. That starts, that that starts exuding oh. the the powder <laughs> all over the place, oh, and my. it starts spinning oh. in a circle. This I'm telling you because Daddy told me this. The fire extinguisher is spinning on its side in a circle. It sprang me. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my god! And it is everywhere. And dad is yelling, Bonnie, get up, Bonnie, get up. <laughs> but you know, when you fall, you need a minute yeah, to of course. collect yourself. And, and he's trying to, 
with his bad back, he's trying to lift me up out of the fire of the fire extinguisher. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He says, you're covered. You're covered in powder. And I'm saying to him, what happened? <laughs> Jesus. God. So we're still cleaning that up. Oh. Um, so uh, I don't know if it's irresponsible for you not to come home and take care of us, but that was my day yesterday. Oh, man. No, there's a nice uh, house for sale right across the street. And I'm going to call the agent uh, this afternoon and... Uh, we're going to put you right in there. Perfect. Is it? Is it the house I like? Yeah, it is. The brick house that they painted white? Sure. Oh, you big liar, you! <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what other house I don't want. That one where the dogs crap in the yard all the time. <laughs> You know, I told them to take that out of the listing, but the, they insist. They say it's a selling point, but, yeah. I don't think it is. Well, that was my um, exhausting day, and I, I you know, uh, if you would like to take apart any piece of that, I'm, I'm open to that. Wow. Um, does the but fire extinguisher know, stuff smell like anything? No, it's a little salty. Uh Oh my God. But it doesn't smell like anything. It's a very fine uh, powder, though. It does vacuum up, and it is slippery. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. But so, now we uh, know that that fire extinguisher would work if we needed it. Yeah. Well, not now. Trust that brand. Whatever. Um, did it also put out all the fires on the stove by happenstance? <laughs> or were no. was the dinner continued cooking normally? Dinner continued on. Um, With less enthusiasm, I'll tell you that. Because I had to get a shower. We had to get the vacuum out and wet claws to wipe everything down. Let me tell you, what a range. What a range that has. (laughs) Um, They don't show you that part of the Perfect Strangers episode where Larry and Balky (laughs) have to clean up. (laughs) It even went under the door going up to the bedroom. I mean, it was everywhere. Mm. Yeah, and I bet that flame retardant casserole was delish. <laughs> Good times, Johnny. You're missing them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, that was quite a day. It was a day. Top that, somebody. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, my biggest adventure was feeding my fish, so you win. <laughs> Speaking of aging gracefully, this week Mom and I are talking about the Golden Girls. Are you ready for that, Mom? The Golden Girls ran seven seasons on NBC from 1985 to 1992, featuring B. Arthur, Rue McClanahan, Estelle Getty, and the recently passed Betty White as four senior citizens who share a house in Miami. The Case of the Libertine Bell is the second episode of the seventh and final season, and it features the girls getting into a couple scrapes on a murder mystery weekend. Here's a clip. Oh, morning, Ma. How'd you sleep? 
pretty good. I dreamed I was making love to Jay Leno. That's a strange dream for you to have. Not really. It was Monday night and he was filling in for Carson. Morning, all. Oh, Blanche, honey, how was your date last night? Oh, unforgettable. Mel Bushman and I were coming back from a champagne picnic at Sunset Beach. We ran out of gas in the middle of nowhere. Oh, my goodness, what did you do? You name it. <laughs> Blanche, you got a call last night from something called the Maltese Falcon Club? Oh, good. Remember, I was asked to select the activity for the museum staff's annual outing. Yesterday, I signed us up for a murder mystery weekend at the Queen of the Keys Hotel. You mean the kind of thing where mock murders are committed and then the guests try to solve them? Exactly. That sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. You know, back in Minnesota, I was known as the Sherlock Holmes of St. Olaf. <laughs> Figured out which one was Shinola, did you, Rose? <laughs> the hard way. I sure hope this weekend is a success. It could give me a shot at becoming Kendall Nesbitt's new assistant. Who's Kendall Nesbitt? Oh, he's the museum's director of acquisitions. If I got this job, it would mean going to Europe with him to look for rare paintings and antiques. Well, if he has an eye for antiques, you should be a shoo-in. <laughs> look who's calling the vase Ming. All episodes of The Golden Girls are available on Hulu. <laughs> Mom, does this show get the gold, silver, or bronze from you, or no medal at all? No, I I really do think it gets the gold. Yeah, me too. I really laughed watching this. <laughs> so did Daddy and I. And you know, there's parts of it that are a little dated. Uh, references to uh, some celebrities at the time or whatever, but the writing was so good. Yeah, it was so really good. sharp. I was blown away. I haven't seen this show in a long time, but, um, I mean, the writing was rat-a-tat-tat, and um, they played the characters off each other just incredibly. Um, it, like, it like Like pieces of a puzzle that fit together. Really smooth. I was reminded of that watching this hilarious episode of the girls um at a murder mystery uh, weekend talk me through uh, some of your favorite some of your highlights from this episode well i do especially like how they uh interjected estelle getty she has some uh <laughs> yeah. some you know quirks in her personality but they're not uh shoved in your face they just show up uh, very lightly, you know, like she has taken uh, a place setting from the That's the, the uh, uh, scene of the crime and whatnot. And um, it starts out with a little joke in that she's taken a knife or a fork. And when it's time to go, she goes to pick up her bag and it's so heavy she can't lift it. And she just says to her daughter, Dorothy, get my bag. <laughs> because it's full of silverware that she's... But they don't make a big deal about it. They don't show you the bag overflowing. It's just... It doesn't insult your intelligence. It lets you get the joke and have a laugh while treating you like you have half a brain to enjoy comedy. I like that. 
That's a great example. I love that example. That's a running gag that they pay off, and they can pay it off with that subtle parting touch because they know they've hit that gag a couple times already, and they know you know that. uh, Right. Right? And I do think that um, a more common tendency then and now would be to hit it harder. Like, blah, blah, you think you have to be bigger, yeah. and they just have the grace to actually go as small as possible for the joke to be transmitted, and your brain filling in that gap that they leave is what generates the laugh, in, in it's my It's like opinion. scratching an itch. It feels yeah. so good. <laughs> well put, yeah. Um, so um, Estelle Getty, who was actually the youngest of the actresses on The Golden Girls, Estelle Getty um, played Sophia who was the mom to be Arthur's Dorothy. And then Rue McClanahan um, plays Blanche, um, this uh, Southern belle, um, promiscuous. They uh, make constant note of her uh, proclivities, including in the title yeah. of this episode, The Case of the Libertine Bell. Yes. And then yes. Betty White plays the daft Rose. Not only is Betty White, uh, you know, I think has the highest percentage of pure laugh lines. Um, you know, they go to her for, for laugh lines, her and uh, Sophia. You know, what, 80, 90% of what they say gets a big studio audience uh, laugh. Uh, well, I don't know. I think the Arthur gets a good lot of laughs, too, with absolutely. her sarcasm. Abs- oh, they're all, they all get big laughs, but B. Arthur yeah. also has to do a lot of the sort of, like, voice of reason moving the story along um, well, that's dialogue, true. Yes, right? you're right. You're right. Betty White, I think, is a, is a sort of reset button where, you know, the things she says are so daffy, yet witty, um, in a way sort of like Woody on Cheers. Like, he would yeah. say things that were silly, but actually the writing was very clever to get to this sort of wordplay right. that they were engaging in. Um, and But it's so out of left field that they can then pivot, they can g- continue, you know, Dorothy can continue her line of thought she was on, or they can pivot yeah. anywhere else with Betty White. Right. And they use right. that to really move the show along. I mean, we were... Dorothy was solving what appeared to be the mystery and turned out not to be, but appeared to be the mystery like eight minutes into the show. Um, And I was just like, wow, we are really moving. They actually have a plot to this episode and they're getting to it amid (laughs) these thousands of jokes. And uh, the other running joke is that Rose is from St. Olaf's where she tells these incredibly zany stories uh, about living there. And, uh, in this one, oh my when God. she's when this one when she says certain things, the the detective will turn his head and look at her and say, "Saint Olaf, <laughs> like you're so weird. I know where you're from." <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard out loud when I watched it. Um, and it's a kind of joke they can really do in the seventh season as opposed to maybe the first because, right. like, those two words, St. Olaf, are now a shorthand for the daffiness of this whole character. Right. Um, so they're smart enough to take this hard-boiled detective just pivoting on his heels, staring her down, and summon her up with two words was so yeah. funny. It was um, perfect, and I, it was very unexpected for me. Yeah. You know, I haven't <laughs> totally. seen the show in a long time, 
but I immediately got it and yeah. burst out laughing at it. It was hilarious. Um, I also, uh, we won't recap every line of the episode, but I also really appreciated the brevity brevity of one exchange between um, B. Arthur and Betty White when uh, when Rose says that she was um, the Sherlock Holmes of St. Olaf. <laughs> And Dorothy says, oh, did you figure out which one was Shinola? Which, like, I mean, you have to know that phrase doesn't know shit from Shinola, right? But, like, that's so funny. I laughed out loud at that. And then when they topped it with Rose saying, yeah, the hard way, I just, like, wow. That was just like a yep. an alley-oop of comedy yep. um, with, like... 10 words uh they got huge just the economy of the uh crackling back and forth yes. there was so funny yes i don't know if i would watch this you know i don't know if i would go back and watch the whole thing but i certainly enjoyed being reminded of how clever it was the clothes were were fantastic and really quite a depiction of uh what women of some taste would have worn Mm. At that time. Um, Good call, yeah. And that's very interesting to see. Um, the fashion, yeah. Let's talk about the fact, because they're in Miami. Right. So there's a lot of color to it. Very drapey. And yes. um, uh, Dorothy looked like she was wearing like a silk tablecloth. It was so um, vast. <laughs> but what yeah. else What else would you note about that era of uh, <clears throat> women's fashion? The, the fabric itself, I believe Rue McClanahan was, became a spokesperson for, uh, oh. you know, how different companies um, market a, a certain fabric called hmm. whatever, uh, you know, Lycra or whatever. And I think she was a spokesperson for whatever this flowy, silky fabric was. I mean, it's perfect for her character, who always has this sultry air about her, and um, the clothing really helps her flirt, which the script often calls for her to do. Uh, they were always dressed in complementary colors to each other, so they were always pleasing to look at on the screen oh, Yeah, if the four of them were there together. And, you know, even even Dorothy, who, who was, you know, a little hard-shelled and whatnot. Yeah, supposed uh, to be the most, like, severe of the, right, the girls. Right, yeah. right. But she always looked rather elegant. And, yep. and uh, the, so the, so it's interesting just to look at the uh, clothing. I love to see a group of women come together because, to me, that's very foreign. Um, and I just, I do enjoy seeing a group of women really loving each other and enjoying each other. Yeah. Um, you don't have that, is what you're saying. That's what, that's what you mean by it's for. That's what I'm constantly saying. That's what I say every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, the Buddhist knitting group is right there for you. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Mom, what is your grade for the Golden Girls, uh, the case of the Libertine Bell? <laughs> this really was a good episode, and maybe they all are, but this one I thought was really funny. Um, I give it an A. 
you know, if I had a cold and was stuck in yeah. bed, I'm sure I would enjoy watching this right from beginning to end, yeah. you know, the whole series. I, perfectly put. I think it's a good stuck-in-bed-for-a-day show. Why do you think you wouldn't go back to it on the regular? Because I don't really disagree, even though I enjoyed the hell out of myself watching it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. And you might think this is silly, but the particular time in which it took place, it makes me feel a little sad. Why is that? You know, well, in this one, they referred to, you know, oh, he's he's sitting in for Carson tonight. Yeah, Jay Leno, yeah. And it's like, well, Jay Leno is rather old now himself. He's probably the same age as me. Um, And I, I don't know, it just makes me feel a little sad. Because it's so far away? It's so far away. And, you know, the thing is, and this happens with so many celebrities, uh, um, you know, Johnny Carson was bigger than life, and then he dies, and then they write all these horrible books and magazine articles. Yeah. Oh, he was this and he was that. And it's just, it's depressing. And I'm just looking for solid happiness right now. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so there might be a time when I would enjoy watching it, but it isn't right now. Yeah, I understand. Uh, that makes sense to me. I feel a little bit of that. And maybe that's part of why I'm not going to have it on every day either. Um, I'll I'll say this. It still made us laugh. And I've said this before. Yeah. I really think that it's all um, just as alive as it ever was. If we're watching it and if we're um, if we're taking it in and thinking about it as we do, the fact that it still made it made it made us laugh makes it alive to me and makes it less far away in a way um, because it's still affecting mm. us as it would have. When did this air? 1991 or two, um, you know, some 30 odd years ago. That's life to me. Um, But it's a two-sided coin because I totally sympathize with the distance you can feel and um, sometimes it can emphasize the contrast between then and now in a way that Mm. um, doesn't always make the present day so shining in comparison. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing I realized when, when you visited here last summer was that I enjoyed so much watching the cartoons with the kids that are, you know, what, 50, 60 years old. Yeah. They were, you know, they were taking it in. I was taking it in. Um, That was a lot of fun. But now if I sat and watched that episode maybe with 10-year-old Leo, you know, he would say, well, who's Johnny Carson? Who's, you know, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm sad about the Golden Girls, too. <laughs> well, if you call Dad, he'll give you a picture of <clears throat> what the fire extinguisher oh, thing looked like yesterday, so you was, can have uh, a good laugh with him. It was every bit as funny as what I saw on this uh, episode of the Golden Girls. <laughs> The mental picture of that uh, disaster. Uh, Mom, do you have a recommendation for us this week? I want everybody 
everybody that's listening to buy a postcard this week and just send it to someone who will not be expecting it. Your children, your mom, your dad, your grandmother, anyone. What a delight to get something in the mail that isn't a bill, that isn't a circular. Um, mm. Nobody does this anymore. And I can remember what delight it was to just get a postcard in the mail. You will make someone stay. Oh, boy, that's the truth. It's fun to get something real in the mail. The mail. Just, it used to be exciting to get the mail. Yeah. Now not it's anymore. picking up the trash. <laughs> like our yeah. relationship with the mail carrier is they stuff this box in the front of the house with stuff. And I take it out <laughs> when I get home or some Anna does. And we take it back to the, to the recycling. And yeah. um, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a productive ritual. I would much rather, wouldn't it be great to get half a dozen postcards in your mailbox instead of half a dozen catalogs for slippers or charities or whatever the hell? Or salami or, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, free free your friends and family from the mail order salami wars and send them a (laughs) postcard. It is so much fun to get a genuine sentiment and uh, thought from someone in the mail. Good call, Mom. And and if somebody really needs to get one, I have lots of postcards that I, I will send you. So send us your address, and I will send you a postcard. Wow, Pop Mom by mail. Okay, if you want to be Pop Mom's pen pal, uh, the email address is coming right up. Because um, that's your recommendation, right, Mom? That is. Okay, and that'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week. Oh, wait, will we? This is 10 episodes. This this was the season finale. Ooh. Well, let's do one more next week, and then we'll uh, take a little time off. Um, So, yes, we'll be back next week or thereabouts uh, with another edition of Pop Mom to talk about more pop culture. Um, Oh, shoot. Mom, I don't know what we're... Now that I've got this extra episode, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Oh, well, we will find something interesting. Something interesting. Okay, you heard it here first. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friend. Send them a postcard, maybe. And we love to get email and mail. It's popmom at ological.net. So email us if you want a postcard. And if you want to send mom a postcard, email us, and I'll tell you where to send it. Uh, How's that, mom? Good? That's great. And if you need to get a postcard from us... I have lots of postcards from uh, Benson's Animal Farm, which has been defunct for 100 years now. Okay. (laughs) Well, all right. So, again, if you want to send Mom a postcard, let us know. If you want a postcard from this ghost animal farm, Mom's got them at the ready. She will haunt your mailbox with one of these long-lost animals. Talk to us about anything. Popmom at Ological.net. Did I cover it all? I think so. I hope you got all yes, that, everybody, because we love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too. Love you, too.